0: That just shows you Rugby League gets in your bones, doesn't it? I'm getting all fired up, I'm all fired up and lonesome.
1: Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning and welcome to Fire Up, where we explore the influence of art, science, music and culture on Rugby League and we explore the influence of Rugby League on art, music, science and culture. I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined by The Guzzler, a.k.a. Redfern Pat, still sulking from his team losing to the Dragons, and Culture Vulture, West Tigers Foundation 13 member, and Professional Wrestling Australia booster, the brave, resilient Chris Gale. Now, in last week's show, we castigated Rugby League Philistine, nine newspapers, arts and culture editor Helen Pitt for her cultural cringe article about rugby league, saying that we should be celebrating the opening of the High for Luton Sydney Film Festival at least as much, if not more, than State of Origin. Well, after we fired up about that outrage, we reached out to Helen and she fired up back so she'll be joining us today to discuss art literature culture and rugby league but before we get to that this morning the papers blew up with this story from dennis bullfrog ritchie with the title nrl 2022 podcast co-host riles chairman lee hadjipatelis who fires back not fires up but fires back an angry text message It goes on to say West Tigers chairman, Lee Hadjipatelis, has become embroiled in an ugly, off-field spat after describing criticism from a 50-year supporter on a podcast as disgraceful, hypocritical and intimidating. Wait a second. A host of a podcast, a 50-year Tiger supporter, who is disgraceful, hypocritical and intimidating? That can only be one person. It goes on to say Haji sent West Tigers fan, I don't know know who that is, who co-hosts the popular Westlife podcast, saying the venom with which you spew forth your abuse is disconcerting, if not disgraceful. I was so disappointed. Chris Gale, why can't you be the one spurting disconcerting and disgraceful? You are the one spurting disgraceful and disconcerting venom. Why isn't Lee Haji blowing up at you?
0: Dennis Carnahan, as you know, I try and bring people together. I'm going to try and bridge the chasm that exists between you and nine journalist Helen Pitt later in this show, because you were so affronted by her article, which I thought she made affronted. Some, some good points. And again, we see a divide in the popular culture right now. Yes, indeed. West Tigers chair, Lee Hadjipatelis, was approached by West Tigers fan, but not member Rob Bashara. So fan, not member, there's a distinction. According to Lee, there is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted him to appear on the popular and obviously higher rating than Fire Up, West's Life podcast. You've got to be very careful. It's oh, West's Life. I see. I mean, West Life would just be like a sort of a state of mind out Cabramatta way, right? Whereas <laughs> West's Life is very much honing in on what it's like following, supporting, being part of, but not a financial member of the West's Tigers. And so wow. Lee, in his wisdom, declined the opportunity made some colourful language because there's one thing that our chair understands. It's important to be in the papers, right? If you're not in the papers, people aren't thinking about you. They aren't caring about you. And so he conflated the fact that Rob hasn't put in his, gosh, I guess it costs about 80 bucks to be a minimum member of the Tigers as to one of the multitude of reasons why he declined to appear. And I tell you what, Uh if we're able to get Helen Pitt to come into this viper's nest that is (laughs) fire up, I'm going to make it my personal mission to try and get Lee Patelis to join us. I don't think I can possibly get him and Rob in the same room, but I'm sure as hell going to try. See, I, I reckon that
1: Lee Patelis is probably thinking that what, what he should have been saying on his uh, podcast is, You raise me up, because that's what Westlife should be all about. <laughs> but it's- no.
0: Well, it's a, it's a different West Side Story. Can I say that?
1: Is it now? Well, that was that was the original Westlife. So this wasn't you, Chris. Can we just ask? Can you can you start? Maybe we should invite Lee Angelopoulos onto this. No, is, that, I, is that your plan?
0: I, I, I want to get him and Rob around these microphones and see if we can find a common ground because we all need to raise ourselves up collectively, Dennis, if we're going to survive. It's a war out there, particularly in the western part of Sydney. People keep telling me the AFL's got to jump on you. What about that MacArthur football team? And I go, what about that MacArthur football team? I didn't know there was one. Do you mean the West
1: Tigers? That's yeah. the MacArthur football team, isn't
0: it? And we're under siege. We're just trying to get some oxygen about unveiling our wonderful centre of excellence somewhat curiously placed at Concord. And then... There's an announcement that there's money going to the St. George Illawarra Dragons, uh, the Canterbury Banks down Bulma, uh, and I believe the Parramatta Reels. Oh, so as getting, if they need it! And they're getting at Kellyville, of all places. I mean, how close to that, to the uh, Parramatta Stadium is it? I'm just uh, flummoxed by that. We cannot get oxygen, Dennis. There's always controversy. There's always problems. We need a little bit of smooth sailing. Robin Lee, I'm gonna get you together.
1: Fantastic. So listeners, stay tuned for that when we when we bridge that divide. <laughs>
0: that, that'll be a long run, that one. I mean, how long have we turn around in a week. <laughs> but,
1: but before we get onto that, let's get on to the the big event. There's no there's no NRL this week. There's nothing coming up.
0: And thanks for tuning in to
1: Fira. and thanks for tuning in to Fira, But there's no NRL, but there is. There's the Pacifica Tests. Yes. There's women's state of origin. Camera, you're heading down for that. Uh, no, I'll be watching on the telly. Oh, I've got right. the night off. I've,
0: Unfortunately, I'm going to get this a cabaret night. Where uh, in Oxford Street? Otherwise, I would have been going to that game. What's what's the cabaret? It's my friend Meredith O'Reilly doing pop up cabaret at Claire's Kitchen.
1: Fantastic. Mm. Well, I've got the night off. (laughs) Pop on in. I
0: think there are tickets still available. But on
1: Sunday night, on Sunday night, we have installment two of the triptych Mm -hmm. of State of Origin. Mm -hmm. We've got Freddie against uh, against. Wow. Um, now, last week, there was some criticism from Augustine relating to the pantherization, as he put it, of, uh, the first NRL, of the first Blues team.
0: Well, actually, he said that the Blues were too pantherized. And I've actually now trademarked the pantherization process. Mm-hmm. So I've got the jump on that. And it was a belief that this is not a club game, as you've already pointed out. It's not doesn't form part of the NRL competition. Well,
1: Pat has, has for length, has gone. That this is, it's an origin game and it needs origin players.
0: That's true. He said that over and over again. I'll tell you what, though. Don't be surprised if Benny Elias sees a way that, in fact, origin can count for club points. He, he, <laughs> he, he'll find a way to make that happen. Yep. We'll come to Benny later. Uh, but there was a feeling that the... Reliance of Freddie on established club combinations maybe was perhaps too heavily placed on that concept as opposed to going out and winning the footy game, i.e. controlling the ruck. But Freddie, in the face of stern criticism and a defeat in game one, has doubled down. And in fact, there will be nine Panthers taking the field in the starting lineups come Sunday. Are you including Burton? Uh, Yes. Yes. And and I'm also including Capewell, who's playing for Queensland. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well So that's part of Freddy's plan. That's Put right. Tape well,
0: Pantherize Pantherize the whole game. Wow. And eventually just by sheer weight of numbers, the Panthers will prevail. So you've got to give Freddie a lot of credit. And I know that New South new New South Wales blues coach Kylie Hilder in the women's game is doubling down on Freddie ball and has got the girls earthing down in Canberra, which Got to be a less appealing prospect than oh, over in Perth. frosty <laughs> Canberra
1: morning just after the equinox. Right
0: now, but uh, he's gone out Ooh. on a limb. And, There's
1: snow on the Brindabellas, you know.
0: And uh, so, it, origin is upon us. There's one slightly concerning comment that I want to bring to your attention, though. Mm-hmm. With the loss of Ruben Cotter, and when he, if he, of course, returns in Game 3. They'll
1: finally be able to welcome back Cotter.
0: 100%. Dry Arrow uh, has parked his boss hog. Has he? Uh, Got on the special jet up to Queensland, where they're now getting a special jet over to Perth later in the week. Right. And people are referring to it as Air Billy, which is incorrect. It is, of course, Air Bill now, because he's Bill Slater. He's grown up. Has he? Yeah. (laughs) And Arrow may have a target on his back. This is
1: like Johnny Farnham becoming John Farnham. (laughs) Exactly
0: right. Arrow may have a target on his back at Optus Stadium. It's been uh, written in the press. Uh, he's happy to play the villain in League's Toughest Arena. He says, I "Finally, wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve. He said, I am pretty passionate about the game. Pretty passionate. And can get a little fired up. So the hope is Jai just stays pretty passionate and just a little bit fired up, and it should be good news for the Blues come Sunday night at Optus Stadium, now, a.k.a. the Dish He's
1: playing for the Rabbitohs?
0: Uh, who's playing for the Rabbitohs? Is, is Jairo playing for the Rabbit? Not for this week. There's no, no NRL. No, you but, but,
1: but he is. So he was the one that we saw pre-season in the pre-season
0: game standing at the sideline, clapping, going, come on,
1: you Carmichael hunts, fire up.
0: That's Jai He's got a colourful background. He he might have had a, a visitor uh, in Origin Camp. So that's camp the question. Is he going to get one of the
1: dancing girls into the... Da- Do they have dancing girls in Perth? I
0: don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it always takes a while for things to permeate out west. <laughs> McGowan would have banned it, I assume. And only uh, there is actually no entertainment after 6pm uh, of any time, which is, you know, a real cultural wasteland. Oh, so, so they've got the lockdown. They've they've got the artistic <laughs> lockdown. Fantastic. They've made an exception for Rugby League. Jairo, of course, uh, had... Um, his uh, dog walked down in Bronte earlier this year that sort of attacked poor old Missy, I think the, the, yeah. the old Mitzi or whatever the yep, dog was. Yep, yep.
1: So th- there's no NRL games this week, but there were NRL games last week. Yes. And there were some wonderful moments in the Manly North Queensland game, which, like, it, it makes everyone so sad when Manly gets a lead and then loses.
0: Particularly, finally off an error from DCE was the little bit of the icing on the cake there, wasn't it?
1: And there was a comment in Blowing Up Deluxe that someone asked what a drop zone was, and apparently it was anyone standing within a metre of DCE was a drop zone. Uh, But Chad Townsend, friend, well, can't really claim as a friend of this show, but he has been berated on this show by uh, Brendan Cowell
0: repeatedly,
1: repeatedly. And Chad, they put a microphone on Chad to see the artistry that Chad has had with the Cowboys and how he's leading them around. And what what came out of that, Pat? We call that
2: to
3: the
1: captain calls it. I didn't call it. Yeah, mate, I didn't speak to you. I, I'm telling you, it all comes from the captain, sir. That's the call. Hey, That's the rule. Call. I'm
3: sorry. But it comes from the captain. That's the oh, no, rule. i wasn't you. I three guys calling oh, it. there, mate. I thought you were one of them. But, Mate, the thought is not how it goes, how, how it works. Oh, mate, I thought it was. But the thought is not the, you come to me. You ask me. Or Jason. Hey, Bucky. Hey, Bucky. Sir. Bucky. Sorry, Bucky. Chad has not called oh. it. Other blokes have called it. They're not. Bucky? Well, it comes from me. Oh, Jason, and we didn't call it. And he's, yeah, I oh know, I oh know. That's what I'm saying. He's
1: He thinks it's come from you. So there we go. There is Chad Townsend. He's not whispering to Jerry Sutton, the referee. He is saying to Jerry Sutton, you have made a factual error. You have made an error of process. And Jerry Sutton is the same one who several times against the Canberra Raiders, there was a captain's challenge put in. And Jerry has said, no, no, you're a co-captain. I need to speak to that guy. He's the actual captain. And the 10 seconds is up. So Jerry was called on a matter of process, and Jerry, I believe to his eternal credit, said, I have made a mistake. You are correct on a point of order. I take your point of order. And he called Bucky. Bucky, turn it around.
0: It is to Jerry Sutton's credit, and he wasn't mic'd up as clearly on this bit of audio because that was for the Benji show that they had Chad mic'd up. I don't know if you caught Benji last night spluttering and coppering so, his way through an interview with Latrell Mitchell. I understand
1: Benji caught something, though, himself. Yeah, that's
0: right. It, a total empath. Latrell, you've just come out of COVID. I'm going to get COVID live on air. <laughs> Latrell did not miss a beat. He had some product to plug. He was absolutely superb. And Benji, our best wishes and thoughts go out to you. But this mic'd up stuff is fantastic. They had Paddy Carrigan the week before against your mob. And now you hear Chad. Now, Chad is a work in progress. And I think Brendan Cal would certainly agree with that. He has taken the essence and spirit Of Cameron Smith. Smith. And he goes, I've got to be respectful of the referee, but I've got to control the referee. And this is something that I know uh, James Tedesco is wrestling with in the lead up to Origin 2. And at the end of the day, by being polite, but commanding, Captain, who is entitled to issue Captain's Challenge, prevailed. It was textbook stuff. All other captains should be listening to that. Well done, Chad Townsend.
1: Well done. We applaud you, Chad Townsend. And we applaud you, Jerry Sutton. Absolutely. I, I won't call Jerry friend of the show because I don't think he's particularly fond of me, but gee, I'd love to get him on here. I would love to get Jerry on Players here.
0: Players and referees, we've brought them together, Dennis. In, and
1: again, now there was another game uh, which I was at in Coffs Harbour. And you've asked me a question here, Chris. What
0: is a CX? Yes, yeah, so the game was played at capital C dot small letters EX, so sex. Sex. Coffs Harbour International Stadium. Now, I was curious when I tuned in on delay, and I noticed that there were large open fields at either end, and mm. then the public sitting on hills beyond those fields. So it didn't strike me <laughs> as a particularly intimate situation. So what's going on there? Well, Is that like a dog track that's been repurposed or something?
1: So it's called CX. Right. Not sex. CX. CX. Right, okay. CX. Um, it's a cricket ground. And what they've done, so so you can actually see the center wicket was on the eastern wing, and so they put a little, a bit of a grandstand, a bit of a, a temporary grandstand in. So unlike the cricket ground, they did bring the game, the, the field over to one side. But it, it actually stands for co- like the Coffs X Services, ah, so the Coffs X Services Club, which is a wonderful club where I had dinner and watched a little bit of the Eels game with uh, Michael Karianis, and he kept hitting me saying, "What are you giggling at? What are you giggling at?" And what would happen is. For instance, Satili Tupanua would pass the ball to Tupo, who would knock on. Tupanua passes it to Tupo who knocks it on. I can't keep laugh at that. It was just so inane. Dang was in fine form. But yes, I was there and it was described as the most well, the worst game of rugby league that the commentators had seen. You're
0: right. Matt Elliott yeah, that's saying something. Matt
1: Elliott sat under the table. <laughs> he said I can't look at this anymore. Um Melly was- who's released a book, so we can probably get him on the show because he'll want to push his book. But I was up in Coffs Harbour and you know what's 20 minutes northwest of Coffs Harbour, Chris? Tell me. That. The Arara Valley. Chris, while we're there, do you have any Aurara Valley axes to grind? X-Y-
0: dulcet tones there of Dave Faulkner and the Hoodoo Guru singing Axe Grinder, Dennis, reminds me that... Have they got a book coming out? No, they've got the new album, Charity of the Gods, out. But in fact, in support of said uh, album and indeed the tour, where I think they're out on the road with the Dandy Warhols, Dave Faulkner is on the current episode of the Batuta Advocate podcast. Is he? And Clancy and Errol... Actually, get the backstory to Faulkner's life. Uh, what it was like being a creative in Perth. You mm-hmm. know, pretty much like now under the McGowan regime, where all art was outlawed, <laughs> and how he, he he found out that the one vehicle that was allowed, which was cabaret, which is obviously where I'm steering myself these days musically, was able to fund his trip. Actually, not to Sydney, but over to New York, and then he eventually found his way to Sydney, and Le Hoodoo Gurus were born. Le, yes, three guitarists, no drums originally. Wow. And it was quite interesting to hear Dave lament that in the early 80s, no one wanted to listen to guitar-based music. It was all electronic pop. And that was the case for a couple of years. (laughs) And and they were um, finding themselves put upon as a rock and roll band. But it's a really good listen, and it's not one of my axes to grind.
1: Well, what are your axes to grind then?
0: Uh, First of all, the consensus that Origin 2, that both teams will improve. Bill Slater keeps saying this. Well... We need to improve because New South Wales is going to improve. He's made seven changes, Bill. How do you know they could be a lot worse? It could be duds. This assumption that everyone gets better, origin by origin, doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't accept it, and I'm upset by it. But I'm probably more upset by recent revelations as they were talking about expansion last night on 100% footy, and you know how are they going to get the Dolphins up and running in one year? And it should have been longer. And one of Gus's axes to grind is a very broad axe. The NRL doesn't know what it's doing. And over the weekend, it was brought to light about the um, striking up of the draw. And do you know how they do the draw in the NRL?
1: Uh, They go to some Canadian nut jobs who are just fully high on maple syrup and they just throw the things into a hat and they pull it out and say, let's have the Eels play the Raiders in round one
0: and again in round three! The fortunes of all our teams are in the hands of a bunch of Canadian algorithm writers. Unbelievable. I mean, talk about cultural cringe. When is this country going to stand up? And, and do it itself. Back its own software engineers. There's got There's, a, there's so many great... Every time I drive past UTS and Broadway, I'm trying to avoid hitting a couple of programmers who've <laughs> got their heads buried in a laptop. Let's get our NRL draw programmed and proudly programmed by Australian software talent that is my Arara Valley axes to grind, and it's
1: a great axe. And it again comes down to Sydney's cultural cringe against rugby league. We Sydney hates it so much that they send it to Canada. What's How much do you have to despise something to send it to Canada? Now, I, I really, I don't want to talk too much about the Canberra Newcastle game um, because while the Raiders won, it was like it was against the Knights we only just won. And we only just won on the back of a kick by Hudson Young, who wants to play for the Blues, by the way. Um, but apparently the Knights... So Adam O'Brien is obviously a coach under pressure.
0: Yeah, it's a club in crisis. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've lost three already. So the, this is the biggest problem about when coaches are fired that other coaches start to come into the orbit, right? Mm. And they were sort of, oh, I'm sitting comfortably. I'm ranked about sixth most likely to go. And then all of a sudden, you're really <laughs> getting to the head of the queue. <laughs> now kid. you're third. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he's saying
1: the players. The players can't go out for groceries or for a coffee in Newey anymore.
0: So this is really interesting to me that there's a, a lot of talk about DNA and, of course, those great Newcastle teams of 1997 and 2001 were replete with Newcastle juniors. Local juniors. You know, the Johns boys, the Harrigans, the, you know, mm. the Mark users of the world. Yeah. Uh, at, a, at a pinch, I'm saying Billy Peden. I could be wrong there. And that's really not the case. In fact, there's no Newcastle-derived talent in their current first-grade backline. In fact, the person most... Close to Newcastle is probably Dominic Young, the winger who's from the UK and probably has been to Newcastle to see a football game or something like that. <laughs> Newcastle Tyne. Newcastle Um Geordie, right? They're Geordies, right? Yeah. And so, and of course, paradoxically, the Knights weren't too bad. I mean... Caelan was down on his haunches repeatedly with Gastro, but still threw some beautiful cutout passes to put your guys If you the look sword. at Kalen
1: Ponga's highlights reel, it's all against the Raiders. That's right. He just loves playing the Raiders.
0: And I sent you a text because I just ran because we were playing the dogs and I knew what was going to happen. So I went and saw Jurassic World Dominion. Right. And, you know, because I like thinking of the dinosaurs, the Good Balmain teams of the 80s and the <laughs> Good Balmain teams of 10 years ago and things like that, or West Tigers teams of 10 years ago. And I left uh, the Raiders up 14 blot, and I saw the final score, 20 points to 18. I texted you and said congratulations on holding on. (laughs) Little did I know that it was the courtesy of a Hudson Young chip and chase, which is back in our game, thankfully.
1: From the back rowers chip and chase. And can we point out that where's Hudson Young from? He's a Maitland junior. (laughs) There you go. He's a Newcastle junior.
0: Really giving it. And by the way, all the best to Sammy Williams, who I understand has Uh, left the Raiders. So O'Brien has said, you know, you've got to look after our boys. They're brave and resilient and they cannot go out to go grocery shopping for a coffee, he says, for fear of letting the team down. I say it's for fear of getting bashed.
1: <laughs> she, she could be a, a rough old town, Newey.
0: He said they carry a heavy load, Well, particularly if they're doing their own grocery shopping because those boys do eat a lot. A lot of chickens. And it can erode your confidence. And I, 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 if people of Newcastle, if you are listening, you're going through tough times again. But just back off your team. Support your rugby Stick league team. Stick with them. Stick with you them. You know, just give them a tickle and a cuddle. The boot yeah. up the ass. leave that to Adam O'Brien, okay?
1: Yeah. And, and let you play, you know, like Tommy Starling. He's, he's another Newcastle junior playing at the Raiders. Ah, uh, Tarpany. No. Anyway. Um, then the final game of the weekend. Let's not talk too much about the result of the, the Dogs and Wests Tigers game. Let's instead talk about science. Let's talk about science. And Benny... Your friend Benny, the great scientist and great mathematician, Benny Elias. What's he been up to?
0: Well, Mr. Mobile phones himself. He's always got a deal going. Uh, Crazy Benny. Not so successfully in in the case of the meth lab down at Roselle. But if you were at Origin One, as you and I were, Redfern and Pat wasn't. If you're watching on television, did you see that technological marvel? The goalposts lit up.
1: They were tremendous. Last year, they had like
0: fairy lights wrapped around them, little LEDs. This year, it was the whole post lit up. So Benny is behind this, is uh, he? Yeah, he's distributing the posts. He's without fear or favour in terms of codes and location. He just said he wanted to give NRL first dibs, and Paul Kent applauded him on the weekend for this in the uh, weekend astonisher, Saturday astonisher, and said the vision of Benny is once the fans are used to the fact that the posts light up in different colours, then they're going to move on to advertising. It's a fair call. I mean, it's gonna take us a few years to process the fact that they now light up, I assume, in different colours. But I'm concerned about the advertising. I mean, that'll have to be tight camera stuff. I don't think at the ground you'll be able to see much, Because even like
1: in, in in Canberra they have the big milk cartons yes. as the pads. I yes. could understand there's there's advertising on that. And in fact Kalen Ponger saved the tribe because of it, because they are such big pads. But they're big, so you can write Canberra Milk on there. Or you could write Oak, as they used to do at Penrith. What are you going to write on the poll? I don't know, are you going to, is it going to be something on the black dot? See. Is it going to be a black dot, the black cylinder, as it should be?
0: there's a real irony that Benny had been involved in something oh, involved in. I, I was, I was going to leave it alone out of mercy Chris but a, if you want to talk about it you a, go ahead a black owl blong that the ball cannoned into in 1989 oh. of his missed field goal attempt I am saying because it
1: was a little bit higher than it was supposed to be that's right
0: like the Tigers jumpers were a little bit longer than, than they were supposed have been to in be mm. I am suggesting that Benny is going to bring a huge innovation and be prepared that all goalposts going forward will be a metre and a half wide um, <laughs> he's so venerated and so loved and so adored of course NRL 360 asked Benny to wade into the Cameron Serraldo, if not Cameron coach debate and was asked Benny was asked who would he like to take the reins at the West Tigers going forward.
2: Uh, I'd say Shane Flanagan mate but well, I, I, I think Flanagan who, who, who he brought the Sharkies from the 14th position won a premiership. Mm. He had very limited talent did it in such a short term has the utmost respect, knows how to pull a player. He's a great commentator. All you've got to do is listen to him on Fox with his commentary, which is second to none. They look so powerful going through the middle, and then they want to shit.
0: Yeah, second to none. Second to none. There was one other interesting thing that came out of that uh, uh, recent Tigers game, Dennis. I don't know if you caught Noddy's presser afterwards.
1: No, see, I heard it being called the, um, the Cameron Trailer Cup that game. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. So
0: what did, what Congratulations, did, Bulldogs.
1: What did Noddy have to say?
0: Well, it wasn't so much Naughty. Captain James Tamo has been suffering with him in the two press conferences for losses so far. And one of the things about Tamo is he's very agreeable. And oh, I thought you were about to say he's from
1: Palmerston North, which is where my mum's from. Right, this is so New Zealand, Zealand, right? Yes.
0: And he nods. He agrees with everything Naughty has to say. But actually, James... So he's
1: actually the Naughty. He's, he's not. He's Naughty. Nodding about so he's naughty. not Big Ears. He's
0: actually <laughs> Naughty's Naughty. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but uh, at one point... James came up with an explanation for the Tiger's woes, which I think very much would appeal to you.
2: All that emotion just has to go into execution. Um, You know, you can, like I say, you can almost do too much. There's a study called the inverted U theory (gasps) where, you know, all that emotion and you're prepped up for a game, but it means nothing. You go out of the game, you're trying to do too much.
1: He's got too aroused.
0: He's got too aroused. The Tigers are too aroused. Not he's getting them too aroused. Madge had them too aroused. Very quickly, the inverted U theory for those who came in late. That the more
1: aroused you become, you need to. There's a point where your arousal makes your performance better, but if you get too aroused, your performance drops off.
0: So the Tigers need to pare back their arousal when they head to Mount Smart Stadium in a couple of weeks' time. Bucket what you, of cold water. What, what do you do? You put is it saltpeter or something you put into the Gatorade? I think you just put a little bit of a little bit of a cold
1: pad on the on the forehead.
0: Yeah. Calm you down. But I but I think that
1: They what, used to throw a bucket of water on dogs when they were stuck. So maybe the boys just need a bucket of water. So
0: the tigers need to work on their rides. In fact, being a New Zealand and Mount Smart probably will naturally dampen their ardour a little bit. But at the moment, unfortunately out on the football field, they're all upside down and they're living on the ceiling.
3: You
2: keep me running run.
1: I mentioned in the opening that we were going to get a little bit more involved in arts and culture and literature. So Chris Gale you've put out a call to our protagonist antagonist even to our antagonist Helen Pitt who we perhaps castigated on the show last week for her attitude that rugby league is not an art that art and rugby league are opposed to each other and that we should be celebrating highfalutin arts over the wonderful, beautiful, brutal ballet of rugby league. Chris, would you like to introduce her?
0: Very much so, Dennis, and I want you to keep calm. That's all I'm asking, because I know you've been a little bit put out by all this. And first of all, Helen, I'm about to introduce you, but I want to say thank you because I tried to get West Tigers chair, Lee tell us on our podcast, and that all went south. We talked about that in the previous segment. And I reached out to you yesterday, and here you are. Thank you so much. So we're joined by Helen Pitt, who is the senior cultural writer from the Sydney Morning Herald. And uh, you've had a very interesting career. You've been there since 1986, correct?
4: Well, I've come and gone from nine, from there for 1986. Yes. And in your
0: comings and goings, you've written for the Bulletin, Sadly Lamented, mm. uh, the New York Times Digital, mm-hmm. and um, television reporter at Euronews in France. Yes. That's the thing. Je parle
4: uh, français, where they <gasps> also play rugby league.
0: They do. <laughs> Let me. We, we'd love to tell you about the Four Musketeers sometime back in the 1950s. Your feature <laughs> writing has won the Oscar Media Award and you were highly commended in the UN Media Peace Prize. You would have won it except for the work that you said about rugby league, which has just thrown everything into chaos. <laughs> Clearly,
4: I know now. Oh, in,
0: in recent times, you've written about the book Ulysses that no one's ever read. Yeah. Definitely. I read your article. But you haven't read the book. I've read Portrait of an Artist. Does that count? Uh, Barnaby Joyce, uh, where you actually went down the rugby union Ruth, so you could see a little bit of a connection between politics and sport.
4: Yeah, slightly.
0: slightly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the shifting of the Aboriginal memorial in the National Art Gallery, correct?
4: Don't remember that one. Okay, no, that's about the polls. No. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I know what you. Mean. The moving of the um, Indigenous memorial at yeah the National Art Gallery. Yes, sorry. Gosh, how quickly we forget. <laughs>
0: And about Six, the musical, which I thought would be yes. our starting point because I went to that musical fully expecting it to be about the introduction of the six tackles rule in <laughs> rugby league and it, <laughs> it turns out it was seven. about the six wives of Henry the Eighth.
4: Yeah. But They've I did enjoy it. beheaded and died, all of them. Yeah.
0: You're, you're also the author of a book we'll talk about later, The House, about mm-hmm. the history of the Sydney Opera House, mm-hmm. which probably is what we should devote our entire t- um, yes. time to, Dennis. Mm-hmm. But you did write an article in the Herald in the lead up to State of Origin. Okay. Tell us about that article and the reaction.
4: Well, yes, I... Wrote a piece about the annual grudge match, which I said is not the Blues versus the Maroons. It's the Sydney Film Festival opening night versus the State of Origin. Because it's not <laughs> the first time it's happened, can I say. It happened a few years ago in 2013 and I wrote something in and got the exact same sort of outrageous sort of response <laughs> from everyone saying... Well, of course, you know, you'd go to the red carpet rollout of the film festival, wouldn't you? No, not didn't? That wasn't the whole reaction. <laughs> yeah you know, people um saw it as a really major clash of cultures in Sydney because, I mean, both are pretty important. You know, film going film goings are really important. Part of the the cultural life of Sydney, so to have that clash with the opening night of the big film festival, clashing with you know the big night of all nights of origin, was sort of a bit a bit a um, bad timing on both people's parts. But you know it's big it's 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 as I said happened before, so it's become a bit of a bit of a light hearted um, approach to looking at what you can do on a certain Wednesday night in early June.
0: If I I uh, could read the quote that really got us going last week. Um, the aftermath of a federal election is a good opportunity to evaluate what con- kind of country we want to be. We said at the time we thought the federal election itself might have been a good time to work out what country we should be. Uh, now is not the time to retreat into the tribal, the sort of sentiments sport brings out in us, but be- to be lifted up as a nation together, the way a Baz mm-hmm. Luhrmann blockbuster can do from Elvis to Strictly borroom. I was thankful you didn't put more on Rouge because I was really off that move. I didn't like that one Yeah, enough. I didn't
4: like it so much yeah. either.
0: <laughs> to bring out the best in us and bring us together and rise above the woes of the day, not knock you down like a tackle in a rugby league match.
4: Yeah, that's. I still feel that. Like, I still feel that that takes... The arts takes you somewhere else. It takes you to a different plane of being. And, in fact, that's very much in keeping with Jorn and the designer of the Opera House, his idea, because he built his building on the a podium that was taken from the idea of a Mayan temple and the idea of that was you re- walked up the temple to take you and rise you above the day-to-day, which is where the rugby league tackle is, and the arts takes you somewhere higher, so you're kind of closer to God. So that was the whole idea of his premise was to place his building on top of something so that the arts and culture would take you out of your everyday and your mundane.
1: Well, I'm straight up going to argue Go that rugby us. league takes you to that exact plane, <laughs> that rugby league takes you. It's above the gods. It's it's watching that... It's watching a – they even have titans that clash. Like it is it – is, it's, it's an existential experience. See, and when you walk into a stadium, it's a similar experience. You walk up the steps and there's a moment where you come across the crowd, the open space, the air, the grass, the field of battle. The And you see Freddie Fittler earthing on the grass with his bare feet, feeling the minerals and the spirit coming into him. And it is a spiritual experience.
4: I think we'd agree it's theatre. Oh, very much
1: so. Dennis has made a
0: career based on that. It's
4: pantomime. It's It's, the
1: highest camp form of pantomime, maybe apart from professional wrestling. It
4: it is very gladiatorial, isn't it? Lots of men pulling themselves, hitting each other. Lots of men pulling pulling themselves? Say again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I was about to to say, and women, because we've got women's origin coming up this weekend as well. So we've got to be careful. I just want
1: to pick you up on one of the points there Mm -hmm. in your argument about... Going to see a Baz Luhrmann blockbuster. I believe you've seen Elvis now. I
4: just saw Elvis last night. So can I, can
1: I just predict what happens in it? That we we start up the opening scene. We're on a train, and there's people dressed as Elvis and Dolly and Priscilla, and they're all <laughs> off to parks. <laughs> and they're all and, and that the whole thing is they're in this hyper coloured event with Elvises on every corner, busking. Elvises in the RSL. Elvises in the pubs. Is that what the film was about? Because you said that that a Baz Luhrmann film unites Australia. So obviously Elvis must have an Australian. Element to it to unite Australia. It does. Does
4: it? It has
1: David Wynnum
4: and Richard Roxburgh starring in it. Yeah, and. It, it, clearly, it was filmed at the Gold Coast, so let alone amongst everything else. Do so they get
1: amongst the the, the the rides and the the?
4: They, there is a there is a carnival scene, absolutely, but can't give anything more away because it's a disclosure agreement. <laughs> oh wow! Film. No, I think there's no surprises in you know we know the, the the Elvis story, but it is an amazing film. It's it's really worth seeing, and it's it's it just takes you out of you know we we know the Elvis story. We think you know. The tragedy that he died at forty-two, and we know that he kind of was the king of rock and roll before anyone else was doing it, like the Beatles and so forth. But the color and the movement of where he came from is the sort of backstory that I really loved, and I think a lot of viewers will really. Is there much take of the honest.
1: dirt and darkness and the the abuse that he copped from his managers and the being yes, forced to go- yes, There is. Yes, yes well, I mean, is Hanks that, is
0: except, Colonel Tom, right?
4: Yeah, Hanks plays his manager, who um, miss miss. Treats him as ultimately, and and you get the whole kind of. I think it's uh, David Wenham plays Hank Snow, who is the predecessor to um, to Elvis Colonel. Presley, who was the Colonel. The Colonel was touring with, yep. um, country and western singer, and so you get that background and how Elvis. Elvis's um, father went to jail and his mother was forced to raise him in the ghetto. And so that song from the ghetto, you know, he ends in up living the with the black people um, in in town. And so that is really where he got this exposure to the rhythm and blues music and why it played such a fundamental part. So, you know, now we're talking men jiving that, is the sort of the dancing that he could do the dancing steps? Now, that's something you would not see in a rugby league. field.
1: Well, I, I disagree entirely. If you <laughs> well, see Brian, so, Brian, are
0: you aware of a gentleman called Clint Gutherson who plays? I believe your rugby league story is Closet Parramatta fan. Is that what I'm well, hearing? Go
4: I on. was born at um Ride District Soldiers Memorial Hospital. And Did you say Ride District
1: Socialist Memorial? S- Soldiers, my oh, socialist. So. <laughs> this is Probably something a new, year,
4: right probably a few of them, but I was I was raised at um, Dundas and then went to school at Parramatta. Now, you know, rugby league is the game of the gods there. Absolutely. And so I've spent my entire life trying to get away from it and I wasn't actually an Eels supporter. I was in hospital as a little kid and my dad bought me a Canterbury Bear Bankstown, uh, <gasps> Canterbury Bankstown Bear on the way into the hospital, a blue and white bear, so I was a Bulldogs fan as a child and I loved, loved rugby league.
1: I have to say I did intend to get... Very, very aggressive and and what's the word I asked that starts with a C? I can't <laughs> think Cranky. of it. Cranky, um, confrontational, confrontational. But with. you came with that wonderful green shirt. Oh, like this green like shirt that greatest, I've got the on. And I I'm no, mellowed. I, I, I melted.
4: I, I am. I'm. I'm raised in rugby league territory. Absolutely. It's just that when I discovered there were other things in this world like theatre and um, music and all sorts of other things, I just kind of lost interest and. Partly, it was kind of the awakening of my feminist consciousness and the start of my journalism advocacy. Because, firstly, Parramatta Leagues Club wanted to expand its for its first brand new stadium back before they burnt down the <laughs> Cumberland, Cumberland Oval. oval. What, 1981
0: what a magnificent <laughs> exactly. evening it was.
4: They wanted to expand it in the late 70s to take away our high school oval at Parramatta <sighs> High. And we started this big campaign mounted against John Brown, who was the member at the time who ended up becoming the federal sports minister. He's not the our koala man, is he? Was yes, the pe- yeah, it was-
0: yeah, that was him. That was used to drop around the desk at one stage. Yeah, something about drop around yeah. the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't mention that. No. They,
4: they, um, were very well known Paramount people, the Brown family, mm. and um, so we we championed to get our 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 playground backs, which which we won. So that was my first sort of thing of like, how dare they do this land grab of a innocent public school's football field? And then the second one was we had this state winning girls soccer team, right? That were really excellent. And yet the whole school was made to go and watch both the rugby league and the rugby union boys play. And they were the biggest losers. And yet we had this (laughs) state-winning girls' side. So it was really like it was almost I had to just really support the girls just from my feminist consciousness because I thought that is not right. Why is the whole school made to go and watch these loser boys and the girls don't get any support? So I kind of just... Turned away we, from rugby. We, league. Okay, we
1: have we, we have a regular segment on this show that Chris hosts called "Yet Another Reason to Dislike the Parramatta Eels." <laughs> now, what I'm hearing, oh, yeah, I can I'm going to whole I'm going to that. accuse you of having a cultural cringe against rugby league. I've accused. I'm not from Sydney, and I have a whole accusation of Sydney as a whole. It's the birthplace of rugby league. The expression "rugby league" was first coined in Sydney. The New South Wales rugby league was the first time they used that word, and Sydney hates it. Sydney hates rugby league. Sydney has a cultural cringe against yeah. it. Sydney sees rugby league as working harbour, working class power station in the middle of the city and ships coming in with coal. Sydney hates that. Sydney wants to be something else. That's why Sydney has a cultural cringe against rugby league. And I was going to be all angry at you about that. And now I'm hearing that you've been broken <laughs> by the Parramatta Eels.
0: Well, they are a force the for The Parramatta evil. Eels. Um, a slight redemption story. They now have a, a women's franchise. So there's some signs of improvement. Are you uh, definitely saying you're not implicated in the burning down of Cumberland?
4: <laughs> I may have known some people okay, okay, I may know someone even who owns a picket fence from the burning down. <gasps> well, of well if you ever do
0: see an Eels game, you will see Clint Gutherson when he scores, his hips rival those of Elvis. Oh, they are appalling. And, and I'm also part of the woes of the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. We won't go into chapter and verse right now. They're very much struggling. Right. But there's an automatic marketing problem. That is, as, yeah. as a young child, yeah. you received a Canterbury-Bankstown bear yeah. when they're the Bulldogs. Yeah. And, yeah. the,
1: and while yeah. the North Sydney Bears would have been still well, alive that's in the true. Because it
4: was a teddy bear that had a CB thing on it, like the, Remember the old yeah, Shields
0: totally, yeah, or, yeah. Um, like, like when they were the Bears. Certainly,
4: berries. when the gear and <gasps>
0: Steve Gear, you know,
4: all that, that back in that the era.
1: boy from Wagga. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. telling you, Helen, your conversation is littered with very detailed <laughs> references of rugby league. Mm. We're onto something here, Dennis. Do you want us to walk us through some of the recent uh, events in rugby league that shows the connection to the culture? The culture mm. that I would imagine a senior cultural writer would be mm. interested. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I just first before we do that, I just want to go. You have you've used into the ruck as a reference in your article mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the it's national rugby leadership spill. Not actually, yeah, the right, exactly. kind so, of rugby, so I so the rugby. I don't have
4: it. Just rugby league. It's I Hang don't really like second. rugby union either. So. Well, but then Nobody you, does.
0: But then <laughs> you've we used, hate that <laughs> yeah, on the <this> show.
1: <laughs> you've discussed the Adam Goods mural to talk about building, ignoring you know, reconciliation. That mural is a wonderful thing, mm-hmm. yes. But you've ignored the wonderful murals of Indigenous player. Greg Inglis, Indigenous Cloyton player, Street. Arthur Beetson, the first Indigenous man to captain an Australian national representative team of any code of any sport.
4: Fair point. But they were paintings, weren't they? We're coming no. back to the idea of the painting, tr- like trump trumping the actual game itself. So they that lasts, that legacy lasts. Yes. And also the work of someone like, even though he's not a rugby league player, Adam Goods, you know, that game, and it's, again, not the same code, but that game... Did some atrocious things mm. to that man, and for me, that's enough to turn you back on it. Full stop. I mean, I'm that's one of the most shameful moments in Australian yeah, and, sport. I mean,
0: I had the uh, opportunity to interview Ian Darling, who did the final quarter. Mm-hmm. And Love that film. It's yeah. on this very show. On this very show. Wow. Back wow. at FBI, and it was it was actually when it was being premiered. Not at the Sydney Film Festival. Film Festival. Chance, it was the was opening there? night. Yeah, it was. By yeah. the way, my daughter had a short film that uh, she produced that ended up as a finalist in the Sydney Film Festival. Unfortunately, it did clash with the first Origin game, so I didn't get to see it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, and we we actually rugby league does like to you know not an exemplary record, but certainly says its uh, relationship with indigenous players has been a much more fruitful and balanced one than still a work in progress than AFL. But it's still a work in progress. But, um, uh. We're looking for connections, aren't we, Dennis? And we're looking mm. for how uh, culture can illuminate rugby league. And we've well, got some literature. Examples of them. There's, well,
1: there's been some wonderful literature this very week.
0: Well, well, exactly. And I went to a very, very authoritative organ to find mm. out this mm. reference, Ellen. Mm-hmm. It's the Sydney Morning Herald. You might have heard of it. <laughs> Put out by nine newspapers, Channel Nine, who are rugby league, apparently. Um, Roy Masters, mm. yeah, the professor. He said, if you seek to understand the actions of the big game footballer, such as Queensland star Cameron Munster, visit a training session and then read Gustave Flaubert, the 19th century French novelist. Flaubert once wrote, the regular and orderly in your daily life, be regular and orderly in your daily life, so you can be violent and original in your work. And Roy went on to quote, he said, the best book to read is... Madame Bovary. Madame (laughs) Bovary. we love Roy here. Uh, so, Bovary took five years to write. He spent a week writing a page, which is the equivalent of the 80 minutes a footballer is expected to be at his or her best in a week of 10,000-plus minutes. He didn't believe in cinnamons. There was always the unique... In cinnamons? Point. Do you mean c- c- cinnamons? <laughs> cinnamon buns. <laughs> yes. I was reading again in the Herald yesterday that Sarah uh, Arbo, uh, on 60 Minutes, her weakness in that column in the guide mm, is cinnamon, cinnamon buns. buns. right. Wow. Uh, she also got to interview Kiss, last week. Oh, I saw
1: that. Yeah, I saw (laughs) that.
0: And they are the hottest band in the world. Um, There was always the unique right word. Ditto the difference makers of sport who find spontaneity in every opportunity. Flaubert, which reminds me that uh, Tism is coming back after 19 years of silence. This is serious, Mum. You know, Humphrey Mm. B, Flaubert Mm. and what have you. Uh, He once wrote, "I, I am a man pen. I feel through the pen because of the pen. And Roy concludes, so it is with Munster, who is more artist an athlete. Does this pique your interest?
4: Well, Roy, I've known for decades, got all his smarts from his mother, Olga, who was one of the most beautiful non-fiction and fiction writers you can find around, and also a journalist from the Manly Daily. So, you know, all her seven children, is it, are very much involved in the literary world in some shape or form. They're, They're teachers or they're producers at the ABC or whatever. But Olga Masters is the reason why Roy writes so beautifully, and that's because she was a beautiful writer as well as a voracious reader.
0: Have they done an Australian story on The Masters Family? Oh, they're bound they to. They should. should. They yeah. absolutely should. I mean, yeah. Chris, of course, wrote Jonestown, which yeah, I think is, should is be legendary. Compulsory a compulsory HSC text.
4: was a producer on Four Corners. Yep. Yeah, there's a whole host of them out there. And But they, they all talk. They'll all tell you it was their mother, Olga, who was the uh, non-university-educated, beautiful writer amongst them that taught them their love of literature. And, you know, Roy has been writing about rugby league for many years and also reading and writing on literature as an English teacher himself. So he knows that.
1: Heaven. World. There's the divide crossed. Yeah. There is the bridge. Roy, Roy, Roy Masters, Masters is the king. Yeah. The bridge. Of,
4: of them of both, both areas. That's true. And that's why he's been writing for so many years on the subject and eloquently. Like my rejection of rugby league is not based on just a downright dislike of the game. It's been years of... Paramount eels. Precisely. <laughs> yes, I'm just so, so we've rejecting like- it being the majority culture, I think, is the thing. If we could have uh, a little more rising up of the other arts in tandem with the Oh, you're y- y- y-
1: you're preaching the choir. You are preaching the choir now. In tandem. It's all arts. And this is this is yeah. one of my I've, I've people who listen to this show are gonna tune off now because I say this all the time. <laughs> in Melbourne. Paul Kelly will write a song about the AFL and it will become a number one and but mm. cultural icon. In mm. Sydney,
4: no one writes songs about well, rugby league. What are the rugby league songs other than
1: Hello? rugby league the musical? The, there's none. And no one even knows what that is. So there's, <laughs> there's none. There's up yeah. there Gazali. That's part of That's an advertising that's slogan. AFL, I, mean. I know. Yeah. Well, an we advertising
0: talk- slogan. We were talking about the Hoodoo Gurus earlier. They did repurpose What's My Scene to That's My Team. But that wasn't
1: specifically oh, written yeah. as a rugby league song.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, we're offering... Gufferson's hips, mm-hmm. um, the connections between Flaubert and Cameron mm-hmm. Munster,
1: Brian Torr. Have you seen Brian Tor's dancing? Well, his Brian hips are magnificent. And Jerome
0: Luai, who are both in the Origin team, part of the the Penrith Built From Within team, mm-hmm. uh, they channel the boys to men, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they're able to um, move from <laughs> a sweeping move out the right hand side, is it or the left hand side? The left hand side back line and then um, straight onto camera and, three do a three, and do three part acapella mm-hmm. harmony.
4: Well, that any south um you know any pacific islander that plays the game that gets singing wow now we're talking a, oh. a, a team that sings in a bit along the lane, like a welsh mining team oh. yeah. or, or even the, the Harker of new zealand that sort of like some sort of performance element if it had if we had like a rugby league show before before each game now i that'd be interesting well oh. well
0: i mean there's a very interesting movie that i saw about uh, dean widders former player and now coach um, pushing for the uh, Indigenous opening um, mm. to be brought, in, the, the mm. war cry and, and anthems and things like mm. that. So we are in work in progress. So the mm. game is now more mm. than 50% mm. in the men's game Pacifica and Indigenous mm. orientation. So um, we, we're moving along.
1: Now, there was there was another literary reference you made to me this week, Chris. You suggested that the Penrith Panthers, who we just mentioned, the Penrith Panthers, they've been the, the, the reigning premiers. There's mm-hmm. all these juniors. There's lots of stories about how good they are. And they do play the game quite beautifully. It's very expressive. They have a very expressive way of playing. They currently have no injuries. Now, rugby league, it's, it's a performance sport. If you've got you know $9.5 million worth of players and $3 million of them are injured, well, $3 million worth, you've got a much smaller team. The Panthers have none injured. However, their coach, what he's got, he's got a knee. So Ivan Cleary,
0: who, He's- for reasons I don't need to go into now, is the most evil man in rugby league because mm-hmm. what he did to the West Tigers.
4: We're not talking. We're not bringing in Peter Volandis at all. Well, we are going to going talk
0: right. about we'll the damage that okay. Peter Volandis has done to the okay. game in a moment. Okay. Right. But in relation to, um, yeah, the Dark Overlord, you're right on. We're, we're, you're Again, we're singing from the same song sheet. <laughs> Cleary, who asked all the West Tigers people to get on the bus and then he got off the bus at Penrith Park and went back to coach the Panthers. He's been suffering from what uh, the great Gus Gould described as maybe a, perhaps a rare form of gout. So he's had operations on the knee and now he's had post-operative complications with the infections. So, you know, the Cleary leg is actually now the subject of the injury reports. Normally club members get uh, physios, I think his name's Peter Green from memory, sends, yes. will send out, here's the Penrith injury list, you know, expected back round 16, gone for the season, indefinite. One of the terrible words in rugby league, indefinite. Mm. Um, There is no injury. There are no injuries in Penrith. So he's sending out reports about Ivan's knee. Mm. So
1: you said his name was Peter Green? Yeah. Not Dorian Gray?
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, there's, there's something going on here, mm. right? Ivan is prepared, particularly because he signed a five-year extension, to do a Dorian Gray. and mm. So
1: he sold his soul to the devil is what you're suggesting? It's Faustian.
0: Right? Mm, Faustian. It's Faustian. Haps, yeah. yeah.
4: They could make an opera about it.
0: Rugby League, They're the opera, Dennis. The <laughs> <laughs> and... and You've always wanted to be in the opera, in the opera, opera house. house. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I've been there as a producer, not as a performer.
0: I've never right. trod those yet. boards. Yes, not
4: yet. It's on uh, its way.
0: Now, I'm conscious of time. It'll be a Wagnerian mm. epic. Mm. And and we, we, we do want to come to Volandis, but it'll be a, mm. it'd
1: need three or four
0: parts. It'll be a whole ring cycle and, about the evils of Paranormal
1: <laughs> and Paramatta.
0: What a nice segue! Just quickly tell us about your book.
4: Well, that's a perfect segue because Peter Verlandis, you were talking about illuminating
0: the 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 sales.
4: He illuminated the sales with a sporting event, talking about the ultimate clash of cultures. There, when you publicise a sporting event, the Everest horse race on the white tiles of the greatest, most recognisable cultural institution of the country in possibly in the world, in the world possibly. That was a little bit of a tin ear, that one, I've got to say. That was a bit of a misstep on his part and he won't ever do it again. He did learn a lot. So that is a classic segue from from sport to the Opera House because one of the great enduring sort of uh, legacy stories about the Opera House was it was set up by a man called Joe Carl that no one ever remembers other than in the name of the Carl Expressway, but he was the premier that actually... Knew that we needed a cultural building because he knew that there was plenty of football grounds, there were plenty of race tracks, but we didn't really have anywhere to gather as a, as as a cultural space. When the Queen came in 1954, other than the Town Hall, which was not exactly, you know, the best place for a cultural um, performance because it was too deep, and that they lost the, the the symphony couldn't play properly.
1: And, and I've sung there, which automatically brings then. it down. No, it brings know. it down in, in status.
0: But they've replaced <laughs> the donuts, right? They've, they've got something new They're there. They're replacing <laughs> the
4: donuts at the Opera House, absolutely. But the the the, the um, Town Hall didn't didn't actually crack it for, mm. for them All at right. the time. And and. The only place he could take was the David Jones department store. That was the most regal place that all the photos were taken. All so Joe Carl knew that he had to set up something in the 1950s. So he's the one we can be thankful for. He's a man, a um, working class man that worked on the, the railways at Redfern. Mm. He left school at 15, rugby league player, um, oh was a Catholic educated um uh, trade unionists and just said we need something not for just the hoity-toity. Were his actual words. We need something for the everyday women and men to come to 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 see. And he knew that this place had a really strong. Uh, Connection to the Indigenous ha- inhabitants of Sydney because it was actually a tidal island called Jubagali and a lot of corroborees were held there. So he wasn't initially convinced that that was the place to have already a, cultural a performance space. Already been, it was the first Indigenous performing place and it was the first place uh, Benalong's hut was placed there, but that was the first place of the first performance by convicts in Australia. So there's lots of cultural reasons for it to be where it is and it was initially going to be somewhere else, but he knew that he had to... Make a legacy and build something, which you know, good on him. This working class man with nothing but a pianola in his house—that was the only musical instrument he had. He had n- never had any formal training and anything, you know, hadn't really read much literature or anything. But he knew that that was what was needed as a legacy from his government, and that's what he set about to, to do. And you know, all praise to him. We love Joe Carl, and he's the most eloquent man in the entire book that I that I wrote. Every right. time I go back to read the speeches that he gave, they are so, so endearing. And, and it just goes to show, you know, like it doesn't, it's, it's like rugby league, football, um, the horse races, opera, whatever it is. If people hear that you're passionate about it. They'll relate to you. It doesn't matter what it is. It's all a, a theatre of, of um, it, whatever the theatre is that you love, you can make it your so, drama. So
0: in essence, you say we owe the Opera House to a rugby league player in the form of Joe Indeed, Carr. Indeed. There you go. There you go. Now, um, one of the uh, former hosts of this show, Stephen Ferris, and he was music curator of Vivid for a number mm-hmm. of years. We were mooting during the origin that uh, in a cross-promotional, and you may not be thrilled with this idea, that um, we would do a cross-promotional thing with Gatorade. <laughs> and uh, you, you might remember the Todd Carney bubbler incident. Mm-hmm. And we'd set up that statue interactive mm-hmm. and, you know, kitties could you know get the stream going and mm-hmm. it would change colour mm. to maroon or blue depending oh. on who was up in the series and be up on the sales. Nice. Ooh. As part of Vivid.
4: We well, should chat to Peter Valandis about it. I'm sure he could make that well, happen. Well, you could, you could add
1: in another men's health issue there with the uh, over fifty five gentlemen and prostate. <laughs> That's right.
0: You, you might get, get yourself get, some
4: cross promotion. Get believe, your prostate so. checked. Yeah, and, and
0: look, check your mental health while you're there. And and, and, and you're
4: beyond blue, definitely.
0: Exactly. You're right about Peter Valandis because he is wreaking havoc at the moment. Of course, he was in the royal procession at Ascot, having had lunch mm. with. He was sat between the Queen and Camilla, and he said, "Do you like other sports other than racing, Mum?" She goes, "No." <laughs> And so he didn't pitch his idea of putting another rugby league stadium inside Royal Randwick Racecourse. He let better alone. Though his quote about the Queen was, "She's an amazing lady." He's tremendous insight, Peter Volandis. And my so under- was that actual audio. That was actual audio. Mm. And my understanding did hit that he he did but see her passing by. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was Menzies. And and the, <laughs> She's the, an amazing the, lady. The, the primary reason he was there, he said. What is the quickest way to fast-track citizenship? Do I have to become British or can I become New Zealander? Because he wants to be Sir Peter <laughs> for ah. That's why he was dining with ah. the Queen. Ah. Helen, you've been very, very generous with your time. Uh, we're about to go into a segment involving the great Redfern pack called Media Watch, but if people... Apart from the Herald, if they want to get hold of your book, what's the quickest way they can do that?
4: Well, it's you can get it at Booktopia, any good book bookstores, um, Amazon. Um, yeah, it's still in print, and you can still pick it up anywhere you get your. Favorite books from
0: my belief was that Yutson was a huge Manly fan, and he and Keneally would constantly. He probably would have been constantly, constantly he lived talking up about at Avalon. Yeah, t- constantly you know. talking about the Sea Eagles. He and Keneally they'd never I'm shut up sure. About it. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure if
4: he'd met Thomas Keneally that's that, that's what they'd have talked about because you know Avalon, northern suburbs, really. You know, like I, he is the ultimate. Silvertail, this is the fibro of Roy Masters. I do like the Western. way you've called
1: him
0: Utsun, I don't know. Um, and and I've got Danish in my background. Can you believe that? Um, but you're happy to stay with us during media Love watch, to stay, and yes. we'll say goodbye after that. So, what had Ray and his listeners so fired up? Next
2: question. Next question.
0: I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the, the, the way that game out because I'll get fined, so uh, I'm not going to answer any
3: questions. I've done my job. Thanks. Helen, it's not well known about me. I'm actually from Dundas myself. No
4: way. Yeah, I
3: did the classic Dundasian thing of at eight, got shipped over to St. Ives and then oh. threw a divorce to a uh, Catholic boarding school.
4: Oh,
3: like every every Dundas kid does.
4: What part of Dundas?
3: <coughs> the valley. Valley or the hills? Uh, the Where near the train station.
4: Oh, yeah. I love Caught that train there every day. Loved it. Uh,
3: what was the street called? I was very, Elder and Calder. Oh yeah. Elder yeah. Road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. Gardenvale Road. Oatlands golf course, right was, on the edge. <laughs> I was a little bit too young. <laughs> but I think I'm very good, uh, thus wife yes, to do. say oh, that, right. uh, I think we're, we're not too different mm. arts world and the rugby mm. league world. Not at all. Yeah. So in the rugby league fishbowl, the biggest story of the last couple of days has been that the voice of rugby league, Ray Warren mm. is coming out of retirement to voice Bluey. this is this is ray warren talking about that
2: no i I had no idea the show was even in existence (laughs) it's it's no use beating around the bush i had no idea what they were talking about but i have read about it It, it's it's a a absolute animated children's raging success overseas apparently Mm. and here
3: so someone lending themselves to bluey to reach a wider audience
4: Oh, I think that is brilliant. Does that
3: sound familiar?
1: We know we're going to get clicks when we talk about Bluey. We know David Campbell's going to blow up on national TV. (laughs) They they saw this coming. It's clickbait, basically, attacking
0: Bluey these days. And that's why it's one of the ABC's biggest hits.
1: Maybe Bandit should host Q&A great thank you.
0: I, I saw Bluey live at the Opera House a few months ago. The show needs a little bit of work, the live oh, version. Eh? but
4: like Ray Warren's voice is just brilliant, you know, because every kid can probably relate to that. It's like the sound of their background, like the background backdrop of their childhood. Like for yep. me, it was Frank Hyde. Oh, yeah. high oh. enough, it's long well, enough, enough, it's straight between the posts. You know hello. all of that in your childhood, and then you hear Ray Warren on Bluey, like, hello, that is brilliant. Helen, you are so
0: rugby league literate. So I know league. I am. I mean, I'm, wearing my... I'm
4: trying not to be, trust me. <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm a bit involved in the world Is that that called a cringe? Is that called a cultural cringe, Helen? In wrestling, there's a thing called a work (laughs) where you put something out there in order to generate uh, 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 outrage and conflict and like Paul Gallin saying Queenslanders have two heads. Did the film festival... Get you out there spruiking just a little uh,
4: bit. Look, the film <laughs> festival was great. You know, you were talking about the uh um Putin's band list that Aita Buttrose is mm. now on. Well, there was an amazing film that you must see called Navalny, which was about his op- the opposition leader that's now. Yes, on yes, so I oh, spoke oh to someone God.
0: yesterday who'd seen
4: Such it. Such a great film, like really, really good. So, yes, yeah, spruiking for more people to get out and see films because and plays and everything because let's be honest sports has been you know going quite well during covid
0: speaking of Ida Butros, a drama filled page turner in reference to the house by helen pitt sorry pat
3: so good you got me on films i went through NRL player profiles this morning and this afternoon and however many you think i watched i times it by four and that's probably a bit closer mm-hmm. what do we think the number one movie is for rugby league players
4: mm. right now out uh, right now so oh, are
3: these, are, time, these are these over time, the last time well this is play profiles over the last four or five years that I've sourced this from. So they interviewed, they asked what
1: their favourite film is.
3: E.T.? You know, which is probably everyone's
0: favourite, is Shawshank Redemption. Shooter
1: and Shawshank Redemption. Yeah,
0: sure, I mean, you can't go past Shawshank Redemption.
1: That's a hard one, man. I I like um, Shawshank Redemption's pretty good, eh? He's just like chipping away for years and years. That's unbelievable.
2: I mean, but there's so many, I'm a movie head, you know? I love Shawshank Redemption, can't go past that.
3: what about for the opening night of Film Festival next year? <laughs> Big outdoor
0: skiing
4: of Shawshank Redemption. Oh, brilliant marketing.
0: The, the Acor Stadium would be empty. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> if Shawshank is like, there's not one rugby league player or fan that would be interested in Origin, that'll get the Film Festival going.
4: Absolutely, like we have got an underground film festival. <laughs> sorry, underground, Freddie. Underground big league film festival.
0: I can't play for New South Wales, Freddie. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's not because of my and heritage. It's because Shawshank's on.
3: What if Nine what? put Shawshank Redemption on the Nine on go. the second? Yeah, yeah Nine yeah, go. Yeah. What if
0: Fox? <laughs>
1: what
3: if Fox Sports put it on because they don't broadcast? That's it. That's right.
0: It's Fox Sports put on screen Shawshank Redemption throw up. Shawshank.
3: <laughs> so that was players getting asked, "What's your favourite movie?" And so that's obviously the highfalutin end. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna play my cards face up and say that not all of them That was a little bit too high for some players
0: um, Favorite movie of all time
2: Favorite movie of all time Wow
0: um,
3: I don't know, I'm not really a big movie or TV Person um, Do you read books
0: or no? No, nah. nah, nothing, nah, nothing. <laughs> play, <laughs> play PlayStation okay. Would you say you're a movie man? <laughs> um, I don't know uh, Favorite movie of all time
3: mm. Favorite movie I don't know. That's a hard one.
0: Let me give me a sec. Favorite movie? That's tough. what's the first th- thing that came up? to one. When like <sighs> the first thing that thought it doesn't have to be an answer. Nothing even. Really? I'm, just blank. I just up. went blank. <laughs> Couldn't was think Polanski? of one.
1: <laughs> there is uh, nothing even one of polanskins
3: Polanski. <laughs> That's a tough question though. They're Man, just on movies. <laughs> I mean, I
0: you know like. How do you answer what your favourite movie is? Whith. Yeah. With and I yeah, straight I, up. I know the yeah. most the movie that with the biggest, M- and I. You just put up mm-hmm. with and I. Biggest mm-hmm. movie the biggest the movie that had the biggest impact on me was a razorhead.
4: Oh Citizen Kane for me.
3: Oh. Well I'm glad that you brought, heard of it. You brought that up. So we do have <laughs> movie types within Rugby League at uh, Matt Nabel, uh, Russell Crowe owns a mm-hmm. team. We've got Matty Johns has acted in movies quite mm-hmm. successfully. He's a big rugby oh, no. league personality. Mm-hmm. He likes to talk about film and music mm-hmm. quite genuinely. And he, he has his, his weekly movie of the week where they talk about something. And I think it's a fair good indication of like the, the movie canon. You know, they'll talk about mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now and Scarface and stuff. Okay, so I'm going to play you what he says about a movie. And I want to see if you can guess what movie it is.
2: <laughs> like a lot of American movies, it just finishes happy, smiley, all the relationships intact and just in a neat bow. I didn't want that. <laughs> I wanted something bad to happen to one of the characters.
3: So a movie with an unsatisfying ending. So yeah, Citizen Kane maybe some people think mm, he didn't mm, quite get his comeuppance. Mm, mm. The Departed isn't an exact copy an of Infernal yeah, I I think Citizen
4: yeah, Kane's yeah. a good example of Greece that, like, maybe. Like, Greece. Yeah, yeah, she, anyone? Yeah, he doesn't really. That's do not multiple choice,
3: by the yeah. way. That was just.
4: Just I, you want me to come. Just, up I'm, with just train, I'm just training. I'm um, just trying to train you. Mm, mm. Well, look, yeah, I would go back to Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, there.
3: close. American Pie.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, right. But i was American Beauty. I would have said too, even
3: American Beauty. Was, maybe heard,
2: uh, it might have been American
3: Dude. Beauty. <laughs> I that's saw American
1: that. Beauty at the um, Cremorne Hayden Orpheum, and there was a lot of. Um, gentleman perhaps a
0: little older than me <laughs>
1: looking very uncomfortable <laughs> in that film with his-
0: <laughs> can't imagine why uh, thank you for being part of Media Watch Helen oh, that's very, Apple. Uh, Apple. A, a huge thrill for us and thank you Redfern Pat Dennis I have one question uh, to ask of Helen and then I'll hand over to you to uh-huh. close the segment because as you always do you've got a song up your sleeve mm. you've been very very generous with your time and to join us at such short notice thank you thank you for connecting into something that we think is really, really critical. Where does rugby league sit in the culture? Can it be part of the culture? How do we um, broaden the connections? I've learned a lot today that rugby league was responsible for the Opera House. That's my
4: my (laughs) takeaway.
0: What would you like us to watch, read, see, and review on this show in order for you to come along to a football game and review a football game in your column?
1: Reviewing the football game as art, at theatre, mm. that makes it like art, mm. like art.
4: You mean a book that would like compare, uh, like a book or a film that would compare
1: that we should review on here oh, to bridge see. the gap between yeah, rugby league yeah. and the arts. Well, it sounds
4: like American Pie, doesn't it? Because you'll, <laughs> you'll get all those rugby league players and I'll, I might watch it for the first time myself, which I've never seen it. So that might be a good idea. So you I like gave away the revi- ending. You would like us to the review American Pie. Don't tell me the ending. How could I even predict that when it- I've never seen the film?
0: Right, so there we go. Rather than you review a game, you will review American Pie. Yeah, why not? Wonderful takeaway. Thank you, Helen. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being part of Fire Up. It's been an absolute thrill. And keep doing what you're doing and keep fighting the fight because I think the culture needs you.
1: Thank you. I will do. And we've already done the um, reasons to hate the Parramatta Eels, but I've got a song actually about one of the Parramatta Eels players. and We've discussed how – They've previously been thought of as flat track bullies. There was a wonderful event on the Queen's birthday. We've talked about Peter Flanders and the Queen. So to tie it all together, she's an amazing lady. (laughs) I've gone back to 85. Well, it was actually 82 it was released. The Hooters released a song. And the original version was actually about Mitchell Moses. Here it is now.
2: Monday, footy, on Grandstand Rugby League, thanks for joining us. And it will be Paramount to kick kickoff defending the and Southern on. End. They're running right to left on your radio. Bulldogs go to get first in the footy. Whistle, let's do it. Mitchell Moses met the bulldogs on the Queen's birthday weekend. He skills were equal fall. They beat the Panthers and the storm. The Bulldogs had to climb a mountain, lost places where the Bulldog dwells, Mick Potter gave them two commandments, he said, play
1: footy, back yourselves.
0: We're just playing footy and just backing ourselves, we wanted to play
1: footy, I suppose just backing ourselves and playing a bit of footy, you know. You eels fans hide your faces. You don't
2: really want to see. While you sit up in high places, you got beaten by the bottom team. Mitchell Moses crossed the tri line. For a consolation try, he slowly reached out to put it down. He thought it showed them all his style and grace. But Mitchell never saw it coming, and just before he put it down, Matt Burton came up from behind him. Paul Mitchell dropped it like a clown. Oh, and doesn't get a dead knife oh. He was asleep. All you eels fans, hide your faces. You don't really want to see while you sit up in high places beaten by the bottom teams.
4: If you want to watch anything that encapsulates the game for both sides, watch that Mitchell Moses attempted put down and Matt Burton fried David MC. <laughs>
2: I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texas. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texas. Every one of those texas agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in.
3: First text is actually not from our show. It's from, It's from. Uh, we're borrowing one of uh, Gus's 47 texas.
1: Terry Bull asks, have there been any parameters set for Mick Potter to get the Bulldogs job
3: so that's our club captain, Terrence Bull. Terrence Bull. I tune into Gas, Our captain's on his show. I look into the Dragons in the week to you know maybe get some uh, recon on the upcoming fixture. And who's on their podcast? Dennis, do you have anything to tell me? No, actually. You guys, are just, you guys are just deserting me. <laughs> I tell you what. Lighting.
0: I, I congratulated Terry on appearing on Six Tackles. And his only response was, didn't answer my question. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Next one is from Wade Patrick, and this is courtesy of Friends of the Show, the Sydney Morning Herald, as we've been over. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from Jason Demetrio, as we were going to air last week, on Latrell Mitchell. He said, it's just good to have him back. He's an infectious character. And that's courtesy of Christian <laughs> Nicolucci. It's
0: a little bit like Latrell and Benji last yeah, well, we night.
3: Got a, we got a bit of footage on how, just how infectious he is.
0: Yeah, Braith, best show ever tonight, I reckon.
3: But welcome everyone. We got a good show tonight. Lucky enough to have former teammate, South Sydney superstar, New South Wales Origin star, and played for the Kangaroos, Latrell Mitchell. Trail. You know, I did a little bit here and there. That you know, obviously (coughs) people go, oh, you could have done that
1: here and this and that. But it's not the point. It was the point of getting out of my comfort zone. You know, and then sort of taking that mental challenge on. (coughs) And definitely a new coach. um, You know, and adding a few things that, you know, I never thought I could do with (laughs) my body and. Um, but definitely you know, taught me how to you know walk again, how to run, what mobility means you know, to an athlete.
3: Coughing and... attack. What did you get out of that? <laughs> oh, sorry, Ray. <clears throat> um, no, I've, just got, I've
1: got a lot of things. I've got a lot of things that I, I can hold on to for the rest of my career with preparation and um, and being helped. <laughs> um, so Chris, with that, do you have any further reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels?
0: Well, Reverend Pat and Dennis, I'm Heard, Dennis, you caught the Roosters-Parramatta game. Did you see it, Redfern, Pat? Yes. What did you think of that game? Very high quality. Yeah. The I first.
3: Mean, what happened in the second half? Geez, that fell off a cliff.
0: Yeah, like, like as in Dragons, Rabbits, you know, Q put in the rack. Both teams realise only one team can win, so they sort of play out time. But I thought yep. that first half was absolutely outstanding. And, of course, it just focuses in on the frustration that Parramatta fans must feel, given the slop they served up against the Bulldogs the week before. And then they put on 40 minutes of the most champagne... Style football that we've seen, but it actually plays into the fact that here's a here's a newsflash: Parramatta are inconsistent. Ooh! And for all the tipsters out there who are in tipping competitions, and I know I'm suffering in two of them, the most losses by a top eight te- oh, top eight team since a bot. Sorry, I'll start again. It's upsetting me already. Most losses by a top eight team against a bottom four team since 2019. Have a guess. Parramatta Eels. Eels. Seven losses. Parramatta has already lost five games as favourite this year v Cronulla, Tigers, Cowboys, Roosters, Bulldogs. So the fact that they implode at the most inopportune times on behalf of all Rugby League tipsters, that is another reason to dislike the (laughs) Parramatta Eels.
3: They're five from their last ten when versing the team coming last.
0: Thank you very much,
1: Pat. Wow. (laughs) So as we finish this literary episode... How good was it
0: to have Helen Pitt?
1: It was wonderful to have Helen. Very, very good of her to come in. Thank you for coming in, Helen. Um, But as we finish this literary episode, let's go to a famous fable, The Hare and the Tortoise. Will the Hare of the Eagles (laughs) manage to find its way to the try line before the tortoise of any other teams? I think not. And that is the end of this week's episode of Fire Up. Join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Instagram, Fire Up NRL on Twitter, and join our Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. Thank you and good
0: night. Books or... Nah. Nah, nothing. Nah, nah.